Uncovered Cinema, Episode 31, Space Jam, A New Legacy, on HBO Max. What is the most life-threatening to you situation that you've been in that wasn't actually life-threatening? Oh, that just seems life-threatening. Actually, just yeah, yesterday. To you. <laughs> to you. I have I have a like uh irrational fear of porta potties. So because there's all these like little nooks and crannies in porta potties. And yeah. I'm just terrified that when I go in there, I'm gonna see like a big tarantula crawl out from one of the like cr- hiding spots in there. Yeah. It, this might have just been a dream or something that I had, but whatever, it's caused an irrational fear. So anytime I go into a porta potty, <laughs> Uh, it's like life or my body thinks it's life or death because, uh, I'm ready to like run out with my pants at my ankles. <laughs> for, the moment I see a tarantula one day, I will do that. So yeah. Oh dude, you would not have survived overseas, man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and the first place you go to when you go to like Iraq, Afghanistan, something like that is, uh, you go to Kuwait, right. And you hang out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, until your unit, you know, you ship off to whatever base you're going. But uh, there's porta potties everywhere, and that's all you can, you know, shit yeah. in. Yeah, that's all you get <laughs> is the porta potties, and they are nasty. I mean, they get cleaned on a regular basis, but they yeah, are nasty. Yeah, when you have like you know 50 soldiers that are only eating <laughs> MREs for the past month, uh, go in there. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, it's, no. Uh, or it's chow a, hole food. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh. no. It's <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> See, for me, the most dangerous life-threatening situation that I swear to God I was going to die in. Um, <laughs> that I, It was perfectly safe. I was in a uh, scissor ladder or scissor whatever oh, scissor thing. Lift. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the Thank electronic yeah, move. Scissor lift. The, uh, yeah, the yeah, boom yeah, thing. Yeah. One of the electronic used, yeah. things. Yeah, so I was up in the air and I was uh, setting up a bunch of cables for um, this one uh, live production I was doing, uh, and uh, Combat Karate. And it was pretty cool. We just had to run all the um, wires up on top of the stands where everybody was hanging out at, which is perfectly fine for normal people. Yeah. But for me, who is deathly afraid of heights in oh, yeah. every way, <laughs> yeah. this was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Having to crawl up on top of these... <laughs> freaking things man having to like crawl from the scissor lift to the top of you know where you're going to for one that's scary as shit of course yeah it's it's one just looking down down. you're not supposed to look down you're you're you don't have like a harness or anything on those or you just it's free fall well you're supposed to oh (laughs) so this is my days i think this is going to be an osha violation (laughs) Mm -hmm. these were my days of before learning about osha violations Ah, okay (laughs) so i didn't know (laughs) but yes you're supposed to but that one's on me (laughs) well what's going on guys welcome to this episode of uncovered cinema i'm brian and i'm will Yes, and we're uh, definitely afraid of things that will not kill us. Although I think yours yeah, will I mean, would have killed you, or very close I, I, to I, it. I, a, at least some damage would have occurred. Yeah, but I also get vertigo just looking from freaking the stratosphere. You know? Yeah, no, no, dude. I uh, def- I've almost, I definitely have almost killed myself changing light bulbs in the ceiling before because I get uh, <laughs> a little, you know. Vertigo, mm-hmm. I guess you call it. You feel like you're gonna fall. Yeah, a little wobbly. So unnecessarily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Today we're gonna be checking out Space Jam, right? The yes, new, the new just... iteration of Space Jam. 
Yep, not just a new legacy, but we're also going to be comparing it to the original Space Jam with yes. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yes. And this yes. one, of course, has uh, LeBron James, King, as they yep. uh, call him. So King we're, James. Yeah, which oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into we're that get later. Into that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still going with uh, Satanist cults, cults but, uh, you know, Dude, you, it, you can it, have your opinion. It, it's it, it's nuts. We, we'll get into it later, but the amount of like, I, I don't know, grappling, gri- gripping of the, you know, downward area that the studio does on LeBron James is a little bit yeah, excessive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. But before we get into the episode, before we get into all that, I want to bring you guys some industry news, some stuff I thought yes. was interesting and wanted to share with you. So the first thing that's going to come up is kind of obvious if you've uh, followed any of the, uh, you know, uh, Space Jam and New Legacy news. It's the boobs of Lola Bunny or lack thereof. <laughs> this is big news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's, this it's, is giant news. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all, all the furries are going crazy yeah. over the boobs. But no, it, it's not how big they are. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's not how big they are. It, in reality, the the conversation of this goes a lot deeper than just um, they removed her boobs because they didn't want her to be sexy. It, it it goes a lot deeper than that, and I don't know. I I I have conflicting feelings about it, but we'll we'll get into that later uh, when we get into the um, uh, Space Jam Two comparison with Space Jam One. Yeah, definitely we'll compare the two bodies of Lola and really talk about what in my opinion, made her sexy in the first one and how they overcorrected in the second. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of bouncing balls, um, we have uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso, which was uh, coming out on Apple TV uh, on Apple TV plus. Now mm-hmm. um, that one is actually getting a lot of, a lot of uh, acclimates. It's supposed to be oh, yeah, pretty I good. I, I forgot the main character that's in there. He's, he's a comedian though. Um, mm-hmm. And the, so this is like a, Americans who probably don't really know about this. It's like uh like cricket or like some kind of like like soccer European version of it, right? So it's it's more mm-hmm. popular in in other countries where it's, it's like our version of our as far, as far as popularity is concerned would be football. And uh yeah. Right. So he's he's like the coach of a team and he he's an American in a European country and so there's uh like a lot of that that uh contrast of of cultures that are that are happening there, but it's, it's, uh, I actually saw there's a lot of good uh, positive reviews coming out of it. Yeah. Ted Lasso. I watched the first season and I'm on the fe- second season now is absolutely wonderful, dude. I love it. I love it a lot. It's a great, uh, show. It really shows you what people who are overly positive have yeah. to go through to remain overly positive. But at the same time, it also shows you the downfall of always being overly positive. I don't know. It's just a really good show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. One of the things I was recent recently thinking about is that, you know, uh, COVID gave us a, there was this long period of shutdown. So all these artists and writers were forced into quarantine. And a mm-hmm. lot of the things that we were hoping for with like music wise, we were expecting a lot more, you know, creative and, and better music to come out of the industry. Cause to be honest, there's not a lot of, uh, good music at the, at the moment especially yeah. with with the 
advent of the mumble rapper, you know, <laughs> so oh, man. they could just get away with saying nothing. So we, we there yeah, was this expectation. Yeah. Well, there's an audience for it, but yeah, we were expecting the music to get better at the end of COVID. And now that we kind of come back, that hasn't really happened. But what has happened, the surprising catch is movies have gotten so much deeper and so much better mm-hmm. and, and really at, at the surface if you look at it there are all these good movies that are coming out and that are diving more in depth and allowing the writers that had that were in quarantine the time to to play with these ideas a lot of them have to deal with grief you're seeing a lot of these movies come out and, and dealing with mm-hmm. with with this issue of grief uh which is just so appropriate for for COVID because I, I feel like, that, yeah. you know, I've, I've been saying that every, all of us have PTSD from COVID. We're all scared to go out and, and engage in public again. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and these issues are kind of like dealing with it. So you're seeing a lot of really good film come out right now. And, and so things like, like having like Ted Lasso that is, is mm-hmm. struggling with ways to deal with positivity and, re- and, and keep pushing forward is totally appropriate for what we need. And, and, yeah. In the world right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Ted Lasso, who is played by Jason Sudeikis. I hope oh, I did yeah, not yeah. butcher his name. Uh, he's great, dude. He's From, great. Uh, I, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff over bosses, the years. I just yeah. never. Yeah, horrible bosses. Uh, it's always sunny in Philly. Like you know, he's he's been in some stuff. You know, Thirty Rock. So yeah. I, I've seen him in things over the years, and I enjoyed him. I just never realized how good how good of an actor he is holy cow dude yeah we're seeing like, that, that's that's uh, another issue is is all these actors they're getting so deep with their characters now and you're mm-hmm. seeing like this whole this whole new spectrum open up that we didn't even know existed with with acting and and mm-hmm. depth that they're allowed to go and especially it's it's weird when you see like a comedian go deep in in into something or or like yeah. uh we had uh, the Quiet Place, which was you know the first one was directed by uh, Krasinski, who's you mm-hmm. know was a comedian as well. It was on The Office, and it's yeah. just so weird to see them change genres, but still be super amazing at it. I guess it, it ultimately comes down to the talent that they have, and and it's kind of a flex that they can do something so contrasty from comedy to horror, um, and 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 do it amazingly. So that's that's pretty cool that we're. We're seeing that and that yeah. they have that talent. Yeah, I love seeing them um, break out like that. That's so great. It's so great. Um, and the last bit of news we're going to be bringing to you guys today is if you are a real Steel fan like I am. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, one if you're a Jackson, boxing right? fan at yeah. all. Yeah, this is one Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. If you're a boxing fan at all, you, you got to love giant robots duking it out. It's just. Of course. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's great. Yeah. Wouldn't you ever want to knock off your opponent's head, like literally knock it off? Yeah, that's that's this is everything I wanted. Well, they are not killing the possibility of Hugh of uh, Hugh Jackman, too. Don't <laughs> kill Hugh too. Jackman. What? <laughs> I know, right? They're not killing the possibility of Hugh Jackman, too. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, Real Steel 2 is still a possibility all these years later, thanks to Netflix. Ah. Netflix is giving creators the opportunity to like, 
you know, uh, places like Netflix, you know, streaming um, services are giving yeah. creators opportunities to make sequels to films they typically wouldn't normally get to because the money box office wasn't necessarily there. But the film itself is amazing, right? I'm just so happy for streaming services. I'm so excited. I just, they have that ability and that opportunity right now to do things the right way or to go down the path that, you know, the studios went down in the 40s. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still wondering how the business model works. I get that you, everyone pays an obscenely low fee, but it's nothing compared to like, you know, the twenty two hundred dollars you spend anytime you go to a movie theater. And, and how yeah. are they still able to finance these insanely expensive movies still? And they're still giving oh, people easy. huge, big budgets to make these movies, and and they're doing it so much more with, with so much more frequency they're able to take the the bet on the movies that like for example that uh will smith movie where it was like a, a pixie cops and it was so like yeah. you know like sci-fi looking and i think it was called pixel or pixie or something like that and yeah. uh it, it was horrible and now you would never see a movie like that come out in the movie theaters but they are able to take that and, and give a big budget behind it it's it's really interesting to see what comes out. I think some of those things probably shouldn't come out at all. They should they should probably just exist on paper. But um. think about it from Netflix's point of view right now, right? So the big companies, the big studios that are making films and putting them out in theaters, right? Like Warner Brothers and stuff like that, they're making films for five hundred million dollars, yeah. trying to get that massive billion dollar payout. And if films don't have that opportunity, there's a good chance that Warner Brothers or Marvel or whatever is just going to pass on it. Like, yeah, it's not worth our time. Right? Disney, they're just going to pass on it. Like, oh, whatever. We don't care. But Netflix is giving these lower, like, budget movies that only cost, like, maybe 10, 15, 20 million dollars right. to make, maybe 100 million dollars or something to make. And they're not doing a whole bunch of extra stuff. They don't have to worry about marketing. Do you ever see marketing for Netflix movies? Hell no. They just out one day. That's so true. marketing budget that's usually twice the amount of the production budget, gone. Don't have to worry about that. That makes our job um, a little tougher to stay on top of upcoming movies when there's it, it, very it does, little marketing. But yeah, it it does, but I can I can see why, you know? And then second, uh the split with the theater. That's gone. I'm not happy about that, mind you. I really do enjoy the theaters. I think the theater should stay around. But as streaming gets more popular, so is the less amount of movies going to the theaters. And so is the amount of money that the studios have to pay the theaters for their movie. You know? Yeah. Even though so, it's the other way around. But the, I mean, the po potential downside of that, though, is, uh, for example, you know, the, these big wigs, the, the older creators and directors like... Uh, Quentin Tarantino and you know, Martin Scorsese, mm -hmm. things like them, these these huge budgets that you see, um, they've even said, you know, I, I remember listening to uh, Quentin Tarantino was saying that the era of big movies is going to be over, uh, of big featured movies mm -hmm. is going to be over if you can't put butts in seats, because that is simply what it comes down to is that business model of of getting a butt in the chair and actually watching it in a movie theater um then they can't make those those huge budget films anymore it's it's I, I we're just going to see this whole era of of Netflix and streaming movies come out yeah but i think creative. that is i think that's just a mentality from an older generation 
they don't understand the younger generations. They don't understand your kids, for instance. Yeah. What are your kids going to want to do in 10 years? Are they going to want to go sit butt seats in theaters or are they going to want to Netflix and chill with their girl at home? Yeah. Or guy at home. And it really comes down to that because even Disney is proving the um, premium subscription model is working. You know, charging $30 for one of their premium movies where you get to keep it for 30 days and you all your family get to watch it rather than paying $10 to $15 for everybody plus snacks, plus the yeah. trip, plus the chance of getting COVID. It's just, I think the streaming models right now are doing the right thing because they're able to make giant, massive blockbuster movies without the marketing budget and without breaking the bank. And it's causing more um, subscribers to join up on Netflix, more to stay on Netflix, which is causing them to make more money overall. And it's not just a one-time thing. It is a monthly yeah. thing. Everybody pays I, every I think, month. Admittedly, maybe I'm a little bit old school still. I think uh, there's still <laughs> there's still something behind the magic of g- getting dressed and going out and the whole experience of the popcorn oh, yeah. overpriced and sodas and, and sitting down and watching a movie in a community experience with everyone else around you experiencing the same moment together. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm also you know a proponent for like not wearing flip flops out in public or you know sweatsuits at <laughs> yeah. Walmart. So <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong and and I'm kind of with those those old timers there. But yeah, the the well, antihero I, I am um, <laughs> is, is 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 reminds me of this uh, another thing that we have in, in the news was uh, oh my gosh Deadpool uh, do you know who's the uh, Ryan Reynolds the Ryan character Reynolds, yeah. yeah Ryan Reynolds did you hear that uh, you know since the Ryan, the Deadpool universe is actually part of Disney now. So oh, yeah. they're, they're trying to find a way to incorporate uh, Deadpool into the Disney family and, and the Marvel family uh, so that he can interact with these other characters. You know, they did some in, in Deadpool too. And uh, hopefully yeah. we'll see, we'll see more of this, of this, uh, of him fitting into this world in, in, in future mm-hmm. films. And, and, Keep in mind, before we had th- something like Deadpool come out, the first like rated R movie that came out from a, a Disney or Marvel film was mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine, and they Bogan. ended up killing him. And <laughs> so this, they don't have to deal with him. Now we have a character that they have to deal with, like Deadpool. He's still around. So uh, Ryan Reynolds actually pitched a, a idea to interview so it's a short film where he was going to interview as deadpool the hunter that shot bambi in the beginning of the first movie because and the whole idea would be that he is like enamored with this guy that killed bambi because he effectively became until deadpool came around the the most hated person in the disney universe um was the guy that shot bambi's mother right so so and the whole idea is he's going to be like trying to befriend him and be like yeah how did you how did you like manage to be the you know this guy and, Mm -hmm. and, and get up to this point oh come on damn you (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, and how did Siri, you manage to get her. to this point so yeah it, it, I thought it was an interesting concept but you know in, in true you know protecting the Disney brand they, they shut it down um, but it would of course be, they did yeah of course and and of I'm course. still waiting for that, that Bambi revival to come by and that's that's gonna be a 
Awesome. They have the I, technology. We did Lion King. We could do Bambi. <laughs> yeah, but do you think they're really going to do Bambi the same way they did before? Probably won't be a hunter killing its mom. Mom will probably die of cancer or something. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> or falling yeah, off true. a cliff. Yeah, I, it, it is, it's hard to keep up with these kids nowadays. I don't know how they're going to like you know put uh, a TikTok on uh, the ban- the the deer's. Oh right. Pause. So we're going to try to, have oh, to that, make that, that work. That would be all. That would be all the rage because then their their hands would just be little like hooves and they would have like little red on their cheeks and little yeah. red on their nose and freckles everywhere. Oh, dude, it would be all the rage. I'm telling you, I probably made some people super excited about explaining that right now. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hold our breath for Bambi and hopefully that will oh, come dude. out soon. You know what I'm so excited for the future? And this is totally just speculation, but it's speculation that has a real good chance of uh, succeeding, right? I'm excited for VR movies. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, dude, think think about this, right? Instead of just being, well, one, you can put your VR headset and you can go to a movie theater experience, sit with a bunch of other people in VR and watch it as well. But I'm thinking something even more, even better. Or I'm thinking you can be (laughs) a side character in Uh, the movie. Oh, so you can follow... You like, be like it, the it's camera. like those interactive books where you know they used to have like the uh, I think it was like the Hardy books or something where you flip yeah. to the page. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you didn't take your finger off, you could go back if you found out it was a bad bad decision. You could go back to <laughs> back to the original. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, something like that, dude. I would love that. I would love to sit and be the camera to like some superhero Marvel movie where I could look around and everywhere. Like think Endgame, right? Think okay. Endgame. Dude, I could stand there and watch all the thousands of Marvel heroes run by me while they're doing stuff. And that's so cool. I, I can I can just I don't know how they would do that, mind yeah. you. I just figure, mm, not figure. I hope that it is a <laughs> medium of the future. Yeah, so I think situations where you would have all this chaos going on around you, that would be a great time to immerse yourself into like a VR headset because you could look around and see mm-hmm. all this fighting. But as far as it goes for a, a vehicle for storytelling, it's much tougher to do it in a uh, a VR s- headset where you're mm-hmm. everything. You can look everywhere because that that's kind of, I think that is kind of like, the vehicle is that is the fact that we can you know compose our shots mm-hmm. and and force perspective uh, to tell the story that we want to tell. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for example, just have you know talking to a child, bringing the camera really low, and having the actor kneel down like you're the perspective of a child is much more impactful than uh, being able to look everywhere around the room, you know, or at the height of of a human. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, not a human, but an adult, you know, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I feel like, but if you can, if you can force moments where the chaos is there, you know, things are everywhere and then Mm -hmm. it becomes immersive, almost like, um, I feel like murder mysteries would be a good way to tell like intro VR, because then you can look for clues and things in the room and then it's, then then it's more immersive and interactive for the, the viewer. Yeah, I I think it would be very difficult for VR and movies to work together if it wasn't for very specific genres, like action, for instance. Or um, what was that movie that was the one where they filmed it in the first person? It was um, some action movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pain or something. No, not. uh, No. uh, I don't remember. But uh, anyways, man or something like that. Yeah. 
No, it, it, it's something else. But uh, Hardcore Henry. There Hardcore it is. Hardcore Henry. Yeah. There. Yes. Hardcore Henry. See, movies like Hardcore Henry that are specifically made for that type of uh, experience, I can see being very, very good. Same with action movies or even, um, like you said, uh, mystery movies and thrillers and horror movies. I can see them being really good. Yeah. Love stories, on the other hand, um, not so much. Maybe even animated children movies for like the kids to be able to jump into and see, but it, it, it really, it, it, it's going to be case by case and genre by genre basis. Let's you know? give you a it, perfect example of a VR immersive experience would have been the updated version of space jam, right? It would have been perfect. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Absolutely. Think, would have been perfect. I think this is a perfect time to get into it. So uh, let's jump into the new version of Space Jam, and we'll follow up with a comparison of Michael Jordan's, uh, the old version of Space Jam. And we're back. Okay, we so... you loved us and missed us. Okay, uh, Space Jam. So the newer version of Space Jam has LeBron James in it and is... Like just a general breakdown is is kind of mm-hmm. it's him interacting with his family and uh, there's this you know this struggle between him and his son and which I feel like was really valid for like a professional uh, basketball player that that they would yeah. kind of be upset that their son wants to you know pursue something else and not with the same immense passion that that gave them that that lifestyle and and brought them mm-hmm. into that. Uh, you know that that career that they had to have in order to get there. Um, so yeah. yeah, he struggles with that with his son, and he gets pitched by Warner Brothers about doing like uh, some kind of uh, again an immersive kind of like experience that they mm-hmm. wanted to do. Well, actually, we've we've been talking about it before too. It happened with you know Gemini Man, um, and the uh, Martin Scorsese film with uh, uh, Irishman. There it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so it it it's very similar to you know the Gemini Man. We had that come out and Irishman, where they use this technology to to scan in their actors and and effectively, if they did it correctly, like they did with you know Gemini Man, they have created mm-hmm. this copy digital copy of the actor that can now never age and continue to act, and they can have them say yeah. or do whatever they want. And uh, that's kind of what they were trying to do with LeBron James, but and. Uh, by accident, they scanned him into this this online universe, into the server of you know the Warner Brothers, and uh, and that's kind of when our antagonist uh, shows out, which is Don Cheadle. I think it was a perfect, perfect yeah. person to pick for that. He's a perfect like you know antagonist, dude. And he jokester he was perfect, kind of guy. Uh, yeah, he was a perfect Bill Murray replacement for yeah. uh, oh, Space yeah. Jam Two. Yeah, if if he wasn't in it, dude, this movie would have been a bore fest. Yeah. And so then, you know, the, the, the benefits here, the opportunities for Warner Brothers is they get to showcase their universe and, yeah. and show all the characters that are in there, which to me kind of felt like a revival is an indication of revival for a new generation that, you know, hey, we have these mm-hmm. characters. We've been seeing like Animaniacs being re-released and I'm waiting for Pinky the yeah. Brain to come out because uh, that was, you know, one of my favorites growing up. But it, it's this mm-hmm. opportunity to see into this universe. <laughs> 
And uh, Geek in the Brain has been uh, remade with Animaniacs. Ah, okay. I'm going to have to look for it. I watched it. the first couple episodes, and it's uh, just like it was before, where it's a short in the episode. Yeah, nice. Yep, just like it was before. Okay, that's uh, it's going on to the do- to-do list. We're going to check right mm-hmm. there. Right? So, uh, ultimately, this ends in a, a game, but it's now... Uh, been reformatted for our our current time where the kids are insanely good at like tech and 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 software stuff like mm-hmm. I, I honestly i don't even know how to use uh anything but facebook anymore and nobody uses facebook <laughs> yeah the the stuff mind you the stuff that the kid was good at was like magical tech yeah that's <laughs> like true. stuff that doesn't actually exist for instance he could um scan a person with his iPhone, right? I'm assuming it was an iPhone. It was a generic phone. Yeah. With his phone, and then that person would be magically transported into the server. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it, it was a little bit unbelievable. Yeah. But, I mean, it How is a kid's overall? movie at its heart. You got to remember that. It is a movie meant for kids in their, you know, 10s, 11, their tween age, you know? Yeah. One one quick side note I recently learned uh, this week on a production set I was working on. Apple, you can use their products without without uh, copyright or without, you know, checking with them first in any scene on TV uh, or, or film, but they will never allow their uh, I- Apple iPhones or Apple products to be used by the antagonists of the film. Did you know that? That's that crazy. They don't want to put that it in the bad sense. guy's hands, but it can mm-hmm. be in the background. Like if you have like, you know, yeah. or a scene, you can have the laptop in the background just because uh-huh. it's it's so iconic at this point. And, uh, you know, yeah. before we'd see them slap a sticker on on the on the cover to cover up the apple, it still glows sometimes. So, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> you can't. It's not much it. you can do about yeah. it. <laughs> well, what overall, what did you think of the movie? See, uh, I have a jaded thought about the movie. I enjoyed it for what it was i watched it twice i had to watch it twice i always watch these movies twice whenever we talk about them i watched it the first time without any note taking materials lights are off just enjoying it exactly just enjoying it for what it is a piece of entertainment and for that i thoroughly enjoyed the second um space jam i thoroughly did i thought it was a great movie especially for kids who are um just being introduced to the warner brother family yeah i thought the um cameos were well done and not overdone the first time I watched it. Um, I thought, uh, I, I just enjoyed the family dynamic that they brought into it and, um, his growth as a character. Okay. And I thought it was very over-exaggerated just the way kids need it because mm-hmm. they don't necessarily pick up on the, um, subtle hints. Oh yeah. So them mentioning that he's a bad father, 10 literally 10 separate times throughout the film makes a lot more sense <laughs> when you think about it's made for kids who don't pick up on the one or two times you mention it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Did it feel like a big commercial to you? Oh, just <laughs> one giant commercial, dude. It was. And then it's like, I thought the commercial like, for who was it for LeBron James or was it for Warner brothers? Is he, it it was a mix. I think it was a healthy commercial for both because um, one thing I really did enjoy about LeBron James and his um, attitude in this film is the fact that he thanked his fans. 
I love that. But everything else about this film was selling his being the greatest of all time, being the king, being the best, subtly trying to say that he's better than Michael Jordan in every way yeah. in this film. <laughs> and that, to me, is he that's just effed up for him trying to do. Did you? you know, I don't know if that was his choice or if that was the writer's choice or his manager's choice or something, but that's not okay. Now, at one point, I think you had actually opened up a counter for uh, <laughs> yeah. how many times that they'd called him King in this one, right? It's actually more than they actually yeah. call him LeBron, uh, his actual they, name. Yeah, they only call him LeBron a handful of times. It was so many. It was so little amount of times. I didn't even write it down. It was like five times in yeah. the entire film. The amount of times they call him King, however, and the, I might have missed some, but it's definitely not (laughs) less than this. Okay. 27 times verbally. Wow. 27 times they called him a King. They mentioned his kingship. They mentioned his throne, his kingdom, something about him being a King and the best of all time. You got to watch out for this subconscious marketing folks because it's out there. (laughs) Yeah, and then an additional eight times, eight times visually, where they didn't even acknowledge what was on screen, where the screen was telling us LeBron James is a king. King James was his name. His name wasn't even LeBron James. It was King James. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. You're doing a little lot too (laughs) effing much. Yeah. Okay? You're pissing off literally everybody that's not a freaking child when trying to watch this damn film. When we don't want to be having LeBron James thrown down our goddamn throats, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah it's it, ridiculous. It, it, it almost felt, like you said, uh, just a way to, an opportunity to say I'm better than Michael Jordan at this point. Yeah. Which, uh, like, it's that, I guarantee, not even a comparison, it's, 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 that's so, you're, you're talking like old legends versus current legends. It's, it's, you can't even compare them two together. Yeah. And if he actually gave a half A during this freaking, um, film, I would be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, he really, really tried his best. Maybe this is his way of saying, hey, I did better than you. No, that's not the effing case, dude. Yeah. I'm trying not to cuss, by the way, if you guys can't tell. It's <laughs> not the good. freaking case. <laughs> um, you want to know how many sets he was on total sets? Like, oh, typically course. when you're talking about a major motion picture, like a major blockbuster film like this, the main characters on every single set, except maybe one or two. In the entire film, right? Mm -hmm. He was in almost every scene. I'm not saying that. He was only on one, two, three, four, five, six, eight separate sets. For a movie, that's nothing. Yeah. That's That's uh, freaking ridiculous. That's the amount of sets we would do on a student film for 15-minute production. Yeah. Yeah, But I have to wonder. That's pathetic. And they're all, the vast majority of them were green screen. I have no idea how many of these sets were the same sets. Yeah. You know? It's just like, that shows that he didn't care, and he didn't even give enough of his dang experience or his time for us to even enjoy this film. It pisses me off. He wants to say he's the best. He's better than Michael Jordan. Then put in the same damn effort he did. <laughs> like, come on, man. Okay, he you're not a Lakers fan. We get weeks it. on set. <laughs> I'm just saying, the reason that Space Jam 2 never came out is because Michael Jordan didn't want to spend another six weeks on set. At least do the same amount of work that yeah. the past has done if you want to say you're better. But I have to wonder, like, was it 
just maybe better planning that they were able to consolidate it into smaller sets in time because he did mm-hmm. he did have the majority of the movie he was in majority of the shot mm-hmm. so there was obviously they were making best use out of their their time that they had there was it out of respect for him and having a busy schedule or I'm no. sure it was you know obviously filmed off season but mm-hmm. still I I still wonder that if we can put all the blame on him see I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing after watching the first film and I went into it the second time taking specific notes in basketball. He didn't play watch the game over again. He doesn't do a single move except one where his son blocks him. Mm. And then every single other move is animated. That means they're done by the computer. He didn't do even his basketball. The reason he was hired, (laughs) the thing he does as a profession, he didn't do on this film. Then and here's what really well, just That's because those me. moves are trademarked. <laughs> yeah, by him. <laughs> um, and here's what really pisses me off, right? So the first film, they really pushed the boundaries of green screen, which you can arguably say they did here too in areas. Yeah. Right? But in the first film, they really pushed the boundaries of green screen. Having Michael Jordan spend the extra time on set to specifically put his human body in the animated scene and making it look like it fits. They didn't do that. Instead, they had him spend a single day or two inside the recording studio and did everything animated for that whole entire section where he should have been live action animated. If they even wanted to remotely push the boundaries of animation, which they obviously didn't. This was straight up straight cash grab for the families. Yeah. It's a big commercial for for Warner Brothers. It's kind of how it felt. Yeah. The story wasn't bad, though. I mean, I I, I was caught up with... I definitely stayed uh, attentive to the story. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we know what's going to happen. But I, I I like the new twist on it f- with mm-hmm. from the previous one. And, and it felt appropriate for uh, kids of this generation. Like, I think that Absolutely. they definitely spoke to them. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ultimately, as adults, we all know it was just a commercial. <laughs> yeah, no, like... When I watched it the first time for the story and everything, I, I enjoyed it. When I watched it critically the second time is when all these issues came up. Yeah. And that is very important to say. I watched it the second time with pen and paper, pausing every couple minutes, speaking critically about this film. Okay. When I just sat and I blinked my head, not looking at it critically, just trying to enjoy the film, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So take that into, you know, take that for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you, why, why the issue with Lola Bunny um, in her boobs? So the issue is her boobs are smaller than they actually are in comparison yeah. to what do you, why do you have an issue with that? Don't so in the beginning, I was on the side of does it matter? It's just a cartoon bunny. It, like who, who cares about bunny boobs? <laughs> right. <laughs> but then um, I talked to a few people who were um, females, mind you who were against them reducing her boob size for the second film. And they made very good arguments. One of which being why is the only way to reduce her sexuality is to reduce her boob size. Yeah. Good point. And I was like, okay, well this was, and also I had this discussion with them post us talking last time, Mm -hmm. but before I watched the space jam movie again for the first time in like a decade. Yeah. So, Then I wanted to look at it. I was like, okay, so what was making her sexual in the first film, right? What was making too much? Her 
breast size was not bad, dude. It was actually like maybe a B cup, C cup max. Like it was proportional to her body of a 3.2 foot rabbit, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad he put a comparison for a three foot two rabbit. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just it's like she's a be. three foot. Yeah, she's a three foot two rabbit. She had boobies. Whoopie doo. They weren't big. They weren't juggling. It was her movements uh, and the way she carried herself that made her sexual. But instead of the director seeing that was the reason and that was the cause and to like dial that back, but not change her looks. Instead, they reduced her boob size down. Yeah, and it, th- that does bring a good point that right now we're in a sensitive world where there's this struggle for for women and and basic equality. It's not just going it is to sex, but also to culture and and uh and race and ulti- and mm-hmm. for the most part we are so much better than we used to be when this films came out oh, the first yeah. time because so much better. Yeah, yeah, there's before things like this were just openly joked about and and made fun of which we'll, we'll get into example of Speedy Gonzales in a moment, but yeah. We're so much better from from what we have, but at the same time, if you are going to be sensitive and and want to include women and Asians and Mexicans and and blacks equally in film, mm-hmm. and the key word is equally, not yes. uh, overabundance not of like like we saw with the Oscars and and mm-hmm. the and the contention with the Golden Globes that there's not an equal representation being done. It's, it's being overdone um, to yeah. appease the audiences. They, they should also include the things that make women women. I mean, it's, it's yeah. hard to walk around the streets and not notice that, that that is a female attribute that mm-hmm. is, is common and fine. And then it's not equally represented in film. Like you said, they're under sexualizing her um, they're reducing mm-hmm. her femininity to f- for what? How are how is it equal? How yeah. are you showing equal men's rights if you're if you're pulling her femininity away? And yeah, and- dude, it it doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like it it's so hard for women. I can imagine. I'm obviously a man. If you guys didn't know, um, <laughs> it's so hard. I can imagine for women to, especially women with giant, you know, breasts, to be able to push themselves off as being professional and not the stereotypical, Oh, she has big boobs. So she doesn't know what she's doing. Right. You know? And every time this is an argument that I was told and I agree with every time that studios do stuff like this, where they reduce her sexuality down rather than fix the issue that was there in the first place, they make it harder for women who have big breasts and who are, you know, attractive to be able to be represented as being professional and, you know. Yeah. Well, so on that other note, though, I mean, and of course, we're not asking such a big task of Space Jam to movie, the movie to solve the issue of, of equality no, God, no. And, and feminism in, in, in the world right now. But uh, certainly they could have helped it better. Um, but, you yeah, know, on, on, on the other note of w- things being softened, I think we saw an appropriate amount of like, you know, Speedy Gonzalez. I'm actually surprised that he was even in there because for yeah. I, last I heard, we had thought that Speedy Gonzalez was considered a racist character um, because of the time in, you know, 50s and 60s or when these things came out. Mm-hmm. 
that kind of stuff was okay in media. We could we could have a uh, fast running rat that is a, a Mexican, you know, stereotype because he can run over the border quickly and and is, yeah. is considered low life. They make him a rat and and overdo mm-hmm. it by putting a poncho and a and a big sombrero on him and, yeah. and make him super Mexican. It, it, it's 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 kind of insulting, but they still put it in there. Um and even on that same note, the same token is is that rooster. We, they did tone him down, but he was a, a racist Southern rooster, and he actually had some a, a few lines. Yeah, he had, he had a yeah. couple of interactions. He was a redneck. Even his rooster had red fur around, or red uh, feathers around his neck. He was a redneck. Yeah, yeah, and like a, that's a great, great. But uh, they they kept those in, but then they take out Pepe Le Pew. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about Pepe Le Pew, the French, overly French skunk. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he was a French skunk that <laughs> was so very, racist. very sexual towards the opposite race or uh, opposite gender. Way too much, like bad, like sexual harassment every damn episode, bad. But in the remake, right, they actually added him into the film, and he was filmed and recorded and everything, and they cut him at the last minute. They showed him going up to a, or being a bartender, right? And a attractive cartoon was, or attractive tune was sitting down and he grabs her arm, start kissing it, saying all the things. And then uh, she smacks the only living crap out of him and yeah. makes him spin around a super hard, hit the ground. And then Bugs comes up and says, hey, you know, you're not supposed to touch tunes without their express permission, right? But apparently, even though the studio was fixing that character flaw of Pepe Le Pew. Uh-huh. The higher ups were like, "Oh no, he touched her. Let's cut. Let's cut it. It's it's too much. We're too sensitive. Let's cut it." It's That's like, too much. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me, dude? Are you fucking kidding me? Instead of allowing someone to have a character development and like improve, they're just like, "No, let's just cut him. Let's yeah. just cut it." <laughs> I never realized how edgy cartoons were until we started talking about it right now. I for- completely forgot I know, about right? Pepe Le Pew. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But they I- can keep a racist-ass freaking Speedy Gonzalez in, but they can't keep the <laughs> Pepe Le Pew in. It's like, okay, who was overseeing this and what person is obviously racist? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do we do we have any issue with the, uh, the, the coyote and the roadrunner? Is there any... I don't know. Is that, uh, is that no, some no, kind of... No, uh, no, they're good. <laughs> undertone to like child pedophilism or something i'm not really sure yeah, but I, if there it, is i'm not I'm sure thinking about all these all these cartoons they made back in the 50s and and how the racist and, and sexist undertone was there mm-hmm. and you want to know what even pisses or like not pisses me off but what pissed off the actress involved with the cutting of pepe Le Pew's scene hmm. um have you ever seen jane the virgin or oh, yeah, heard yeah. about yeah, it yeah. or okay so the main actress jane um from jane the virgin gina rodriguez she was um assaulted when she was younger so sexual assault is very huge in her life and means a lot and she thought smacking pepe le pew because she was the opposite the one that was getting assaulted she thought smacking him was so strong and showing that sexual assault victims can stand up to their assaulties and was personally attacked and felt personally attacked when they cut the scene and she was like, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Oh, like you shouldn't be cutting this scene. Yeah. Because yeah, like, that's, like that's she said, dude, it brings awareness, <laughs> but instead they just want to be like, no, this, no, this is going to be That brings up a good I'm sorry, point that was because I never realized how. Insensitive. <laughs> 
I don't think so. I, I, I never realized how many of these characters dealt with real life issues. Like as a child, they're kind of preparing us more for these adult issues. And so, yeah, some of mm-hmm. them might actually have been good. Like the instance of that slap and, and, mm-hmm. and the way that these characters handle themselves in the situations. Um, yeah, that, that, that might be something more and another topic to explore someday, yeah. but that, that's, yeah. that's interesting how they teach us about such of these adult issues yeah it, I, I i completely understand it because then we grow up in a society where we blame one race or one gender for everything going on when in reality it's a joint effort takes two to tango yeah and i i really enjoy when kid movies are trying to teach these lessons in a fun and entertaining way to the kids because yeah how else are they going to learn of you know? course sometimes it's it's just a racist crow from uh dumbo <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just sometimes a it is yeah <laughs> yeah freaking dumbo dude so another thing i really did enjoy about space jam 2 um which i i, I may have crapped on it like utter massive diarrhea crap on it but <laughs> i did enjoy this film okay so the animation in this film was next level dude i loved it when they made the um the uh, uh tunes 3d i thought that was so cool yeah I, I personally thought that was so freaking cool man i really Absolutely. hope that this was like an introduction to their 3d versions of the characters and they're going to keep like making movies with those 3d models. Cause I really enjoyed them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It, it was, it's a big contrast between, you know, how far we've come with technology, but yeah, this is definitely, there's a lot better integration now. Like you don't even know oh, yeah. that, that people are interacting with these characters because they're so, so much shading and so much, uh, yeah. Detail the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing that I mean, if you don't look at the background of all those millions of really bad cosplay characters, then like the animation looks great. It's really hard, especially when um, when they finally do the LeBron James in the green screen with the tunes stuff, you can barely tell the difference uh, other than obviously the tunes are cartoon yeah. that they're in that they're not in the same place, you know? So do you think we're going to, uh, did you, did you see the, uh, water tower anywhere in the movie? Mm-hmm. I know that's, kind of, mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I know it's kind yes. of iconic though. When, um, when all the tunes were racing in, like they did in, um, ready player one, it was in the distance. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, there was a very similar feeling to ready player one, uh, mm-hmm. in that, that universe, that, rate, that, that scene. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah this yeah, for me, when when I first came to L.A., that was kind of like an iconic moment for me is because I had grown up seeing that that water tower entry on the beginning of the, the commercial or the TV shows. And uh, when I got my first gig in production, I was uh, it was for a TV show. I was I was a host on and uh, Ooh, it, it was just a trip. A I, w- I went from from not having a job to sitting in a studio on a warner brothers lot that overlooked oh, so the actual cool, water tower and we were like you know writing scripts out for this show that i was on and mm-hmm. uh it was like the symbol of it's like 
just success to me. It felt like because it's like yeah. I'm here. I'm like I'm on this lot. I could walk over and touch the tower if I wanted to. Of course, I think it's <laughs> it's on top of which, a studio, did, but yeah. Right? You, I wish, you did walk I, yeah, over illegally and like they're not you know studios aren't so happy about letting people wander around the lots but oh you don't say <laughs> it was crazy how close it was though it was it was just a yeah oh, that's wonderful i'm here and then of course Dude, i did nothing uh, for a decade afterwards that's okay man we all have our thing it took me seven years to start doing anything after getting shot so i yeah, get it yeah. literally seven <laughs> and here we are um freaking so one thing that really bothers me about um changing or about a change they made in the second space jam movie right usually when you make a sequel it's the same like universe right yeah at least um well they proved in the second space jam movie that this is not the same universe as the first space jam movie even if they want to say it is because the first space jam movie took place on a hollow earth in, um, you know, the hollow earth theory where inside the earth, you have another earth. Yeah. Well, in their hollow earth theory, it was inside the earth is where toon world was. Cause you have to break yeah. into it by going down into the earth. And in the second film, they made the entire thing digital. I don't, I understand why they did it for the kids nowadays. Cause they're going to definitely, they understand um, servers and yeah, There's they're going to get then that. You, then you're pissing off the flat earthers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and they have to be sensitive to everybody, but uh, they, uh, it's just like the changing of just the universe, I don't know how they're going to explain that, if they're ever going to explain it, but if they don't explain it, that's just a giant, like a giant plot hole inside an already giant plot hole, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and, and yeah, I, I mean, definitely, I, I don't think they had, like, servers back then, <laughs> there was no such well, thing as cloud I mean, as cloud uh no there wasn't that hosting that and, definitely you know. wasn't a thing um and like i get that but i mean just the implications if this really is the same universe then warner brothers had to go down into the hollow earth forcefully capture all these damn tunes <laughs> <laughs> break their contract with their agent and enslave them inside their uh their cloud server yeah i guess like it's it's kind of messed up if you think about it What's more sad is the fact that it's easier to tell a kid that they were sucked into a video game than it is to explain like, you know, more the more physical things that we knew as kids that we were grounded in. Like, like, oh, we get mm -hmm. it. There's an earth. We know it's physical. We know it's round. You can go into yeah. it. And, and that seems plausible. There could be a whole nother city in there. And they, they're <laughs> yeah, still kind of toying totally that possible. around with like Godzilla and, 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 and yeah. uh, not Godzilla, but Kong. Yeah, it was um, Godzilla. It was Godzilla yeah, and Kong. Yeah. So, but yeah, it seems kind of sad that it's easier just to tell kids they're in a game and they understand that better. <laughs> yeah. It's just because I don't know. I'm not going to say that their education is different from ours when we were kids because obviously it is, but that's because the advancements in technology and the advancements in knowledge of science and maths and stuff. So we can't compare, right? But it really does seem like a lot of these theories, like the hollow earth theory, that should not be taught in school by any means. I'm not saying that do not quote me on that <laughs> is not even addressed, you know, like kids don't even know about it, but right. that's such an interesting, um, I, I, I don't want to say theory. It's an interesting, uh, old folks tell that like, works. Uh, I'll take it. You know, it's been, yeah. it's been around for thousands of years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's something people should be aware of, you know, I don't think it's true, but well, and, and chicken pox doesn't exist anymore. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's yeah. I don't know. It's like should they know? I don't know. Hey, I'm just it's, saying it's Antarctica is pretty frozen for no reason. Mm. <laughs> okay, saying, we're conspiracy might not be for a while. How did, how did Space Jam move us into conspiracy theories? <laughs> oh God, don't don't ask me. I don't know. I don't know. We'll go ahead and check it out. Uh, HBO Max right now. Uh, Space uh-huh. Jam, the new iteration of it. A lot of controversy for just cartoons. And, uh, you know, we dissected it here movie. at uh, Uncovered Cinema. Yeah. Watch the first one. Check out Lola's boobs. Watch the second one. Check out Lola's boobs or lack thereof. And let us know what you think. You know, next week we are going to be watching a very, <sighs> from what people are saying, it's, the end of DC, but we're going to check it out ourselves and let you know our thoughts on the suicide squad out on HBO max next week. So if you guys want to check that out, check it out and yeah. uh, come uh, join us next week. Again, you can find us on any of the socials at uncover cinema and we have a TikTok too. believe that or not two old men with a TikTok. <laughs> That's just weird. I know, I've right? seen weirder things. Uh, my, my <laughs> floss is on point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you want to find uh, my uh, socials, it's all at Will Hoover TV at all the socials. So Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Instagram. You don't want to go to my Twitter. It's ugly. But Instagram <laughs> yeah. is great. And I'm everything board pro. It's B-R-D-P-R-O. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Again, we're going to be watching The Suicide Squad on HBO. <laughs> <laughs>